Hey, welcome back to the Uncooked Rice Show. Uh, my name is Jesse Sia, and today I'm with Annie Lai. And today we're going to talk about some of her experiences as a young female leader in our community. Annie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Jay. I'm happy to be on here. That's great. So um, could you tell us a bit about yourself and sort of your background and what was it like growing up in Richmond? Yeah, so I was a student at Hugh McRoberts Secondary in the French Immersion Program from grade 8 all the way until grade 12. Uh, I've grown up here in Richmond my entire life. I wouldn't say that there's too big of a difference, like a cultural difference living in Richmond. Most of my friends growing up were Asian. And yeah, that's a bit about me. Did you, because I understand like um, a lot of people in Richmond, I think I feel more, well, they are more privileged than most, right? Because you know, mm. they're surrounded by a more, a lot of other Asians um, compared to other different types of places around the world. Yeah. So I was wondering for you, like, was it any different? Because I know you're a second generation immigrant, right? Yes, So was yes. it... Uh, I guess, were there any struggles that you had to face? Yeah, I think growing up with my parents, there was a bigger cultural difference between us and also the language barrier. I mean, they sent me to Chinese school for a couple of years, but you don't really retain much of that information. And there's a lot of words that you can't really get across. So the language barrier is a huge one in terms of communication with my parents that was really really difficult and for them to understand a lot of the things I'm doing we have different perspectives and that's hard to kind of explain where you're coming from when they can't really understand you in the language even though I speak fluent Mandarin it's still a struggle yeah right. um but yeah no because you mentioned that the things that you do right so mm. you're involved in you've been involved in a lot of leadership roles yeah. um, a lot of different organizations and i was wondering like what are your parents thoughts on those so they don't really understand it and they try to understand it but sometimes it's still really difficult for them i mean i think what's going on in their mind most of the times is like why is she not studying and they kind of correlate it with me going out and hanging out with friends even though that's completely not what i'm doing and i've tried to explain it to them many times but at the end of the day they don't really get it and i think with the youth civic engagement program that's one of the initiatives that i started when I was going to city council and attending their council meetings, she, my mother, she didn't really understand what was going on. And the only time she really recognized the work that I was doing was when I had an article that was featured. And even reading the article, she was just like, oh, my, like my daughter's in the news. Like, that's all that really matters. And I know she comes for good intentions, but that's just kind of what is important to them. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think like, because it's not just Asian parents too, right? Like a lot mm-hmm. of people are more comfortable understanding things that they're familiar with, right? So I'm assuming, yeah. I'm guessing like they weren't really, they weren't really exposed to that whole, you know, like getting involved in your community type of thing, right? Yeah, so like volunteering and leadership, that's like not a huge thing for them. But I think the way that they measure success is by like grades, by like things that they can actually handle, not by like personal growth, stuff that they can't really see, they don't really right. understand. It's a lot harder for them to accept. Yeah. Um, but that's funny that you mentioned that. I was wondering like, how do you define success? Mm, that's a tough one. That's <laughs> one that I'm still working on to this day. I think in my grade 12 year, I got really caught up with grades and the reason why I actually started volunteering was because I felt like grades weren't all that were like important in life but in grade 12 yeah I got caught up with kind of measuring my value and my worth by grades but as I move away from that I think it's really about 
what's important to you and how you live your life authentically because yeah that's just I think that's what's important (laughs) so let's take a pivot away a step back as well let's talk more about sort of the programs that you have involved in so you mm-hmm. mentioned that you were part of the youth civic engagement program yeah uh, could you tell us a bit about that yeah, and what yeah. You did? okay so i was never really into politics because that was there wasn't like a huge emphasis at home and like not at school either and those are the two kind of communities that you're involved with the most but i attended youth parliament on a whim and spending a weekend there was actually really fun despite all the parliamentary procedures and being around like-minded people, then I realized that there was this huge need for more politics that, sorry, programs that involved politics for youth in our community. And I felt like, just like how I went through, there must have been other youth who don't know that they're passionate about politics because there aren't those type of platforms for them. So I did a lot of research and I saw that there are a lot of other cities that had programs similar to this. And I thought, why does Richmond not have this type of program? And I continued my research and I authored a paper that was titled the Advocating for the Implementation of a Youth, at the time it was called Youth City Council. And I went through a lot of meetings with the city councilors and I learned a lot from that. They don't care if you're, you know, a 17 year old girl, <laughs> they treat you like an adult. And I think that taught me a lot of things as well. Yeah. Um, did, you, did, you, did they treat you as an adult? Because I know I've spoken mm. to a, a few episodes ago, I spoke to a, another student who was involved in a bunch of city programs involving environmental sustainability. Mm. Um, and we talked a bit about sort of uh, the way adults saw him and how they treated sort of his passions and his interests and I was wondering like what do you mean by they treated you like an adult or was like it they didn't hold back really on their opinions um I mean a couple like I'm not gonna name names but a couple were very very supportive uh one of the counselors she took time out of her day to kind of review what I wanted in the city like the youth city council um the city council was kind of taking it in a direction that wasn't what I initially envisioned and yeah they so they just didn't hold back on their criticism on what they felt like I was in their city council meetings like their I think it's weekly uh, it's monthly sorry council meetings and I was sitting in front of all of them and there was like an audience behind me and they would just ask me questions and yeah were there any uh like any times where you felt like they weren't taking you seriously because of your age yeah, I think they thought that I didn't really think this program through, that there would be a lot of complications that I didn't foresee. And the solutions that I came up with, a lot of the times they didn't really accept. I think maybe because of my age, but some of them saw that like, because I was young, like, wow, she's doing this, then there must be this passion and this need and this purpose behind this program for other youth as well. Right. That's really good to hear. Um, Because it's, I know it's like, especially for us, whenever, when a a student or a young person is, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, trying to pursue their passions, right? The worst Mm -hmm. thing that could happen is somebody discouraging them or somebody, you know, striking them down. There's a lot of that. So it's good to hear that there was support uh, sort of for what you were doing and what you were pursuing. Yeah. I think you you can find support and you can find criticism. Mm -hmm. It just depends on where you look. Yeah. So beyond the youth civic engagement program, Mm -hmm. you were also part of a nonprofit called Charity Brighouse, right? Yes. Yes. So could you, you were the regional director. Um, yeah. Could you tell us a bit about sort of yeah. that journey and that experience? Okay. So that's, I think, a more interesting one. That was definitely a focal point in my high school career. 
So in grade eight, I was in student council as an executive. And ever since like maybe I started dance, so I was like around 10, I loved planning like group events and stuff. And I didn't see how that would play out. But in grade eight, I joined as an executive and I, I loved planning events. And then grade 10, I wasn't voted on. So I went out into my community and at the time, it was like huge discouragement, like, wow, I didn't get onto student council. But I went out into my community and I started as a volunteer coordinator in Charity Burke House. The organization started in 2013 and the person who headed it, he had left because uh, he headed into university as well. So the organization was kind of left into whoever was like the regional director. And going into grade 11, I was the only member left in the organization in the Richmond branch we have five branches because everyone else had aged out so that was really intimidating because I was thinking like it wasn't an organization that I like I started out and like I founded but it kind of felt like it was because I had to do all of the recruiting no one was there to really teach me anything but I took the organization we kind of restructured it with our new team members and we decided what was important to us was empowering youth to find opportunities outside of school and academics right um and i suppose like because i'm seeing sort of seeing a pattern and correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong but from what i'm understanding is um there's a common theme where sort of the organizations that you're part of and the projects mm-hmm. that you work on they seem to stem from your own passions and your own interests right yeah it definitely stems from what's important to me and also the adversities that I've had to encounter in yeah. order to get there yeah um, but so with charity Eric house and mm-hmm. what you uh, what your reply there uh, uh, yeah no I kind of know what you mean where you like yeah. you feel like sometimes you're like given all this responsibility and all this yeah burden, right? you don't really know what to do with yeah. it you're just um, kind of standing there navigating through all of it yeah, yeah it's like somebody throws you their yeah kind of right yeah and just it like, def- oh, 100% okay, cool. feels like that and at the time like in my school no one was really doing anything like that um, my friends weren't really doing anything like that so I didn't really have anyone to reach out to and only until I think about this month I realized that other people went through the same thing that I did yeah yeah because there's a there are a lot of students who are also part of nonprofits, right and like yeah um, a lot of them sort of go through the struggle of I think the biggest issue with these like student nonprofits is student organizations, especially it's like mm-hmm. sometimes when, you know, the current execs, it's their time mm-hmm. to leave. Yeah. They sort of throw everything to yeah. the next generation. Right. Yeah. Um, but did you have like an alumni or a support system to go to when you were in Charity Brickhouse? Or... Uh, I did. I mean, I reached out to the founder. Right. Um, and I asked him for some advice and he did give me some advice in terms of like what sh- I should look for in hiring. But I would say mostly it was up to me mm-hmm. and Google. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what were, what were some of the biggest challenges that you had to face? Okay. I would say some of the biggest challenges are definitely getting interest into the organization. A huge one was, I think, leading the team. Even though I had leadership experiences in the past, leading a team of people who are mostly your age is really, really difficult navigating through those teamwork problems. Sometimes you're not sure what's right and what's wrong if you're being too harsh or if you're not being... um sort of decisive enough yeah if you're not thank you for finding that (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) yeah i think the teamwork one and also the event planning was quite difficult and that tied in with the teamwork as well i mean coming out of it was a learning experience for everyone but while we were in it i felt like, like i didn't have any idea on what we were doing uh 
Ja. But yeah, no, uh, I agree. With, like those challenges are definitely something mm-hmm. that I think every stu- student, student leader, yeah, student yeah. leader goes <laughs> through, right? Um, teamwork, I think, because you, you're not taught these skills in school, right? No, um, no, you're not taught these soft skills, and no. you're not taught how to like lead a team, how no. to sort of <laughs> event plan that sort of thing, and it sort of has to come from your own experiences and your own journey. Yeah, you're really just navigating it through it yeah. blindly. Yeah. Sometimes you have to roll a dice and just pray yeah, that yeah. Works. I mean, I think. I would say the biggest problem or challenge that I faced internally was am I letting down my teammates? Like, they're also friends, and then they're people, like, they're my peers. Like, I don't want to disappoint them, and I don't want to come off too harsh or mean or strict or anything like that. But also at the same time, like, you committed to the team, and we want to get work done together that supports the community as well. Right. Um, so as you're during your time as regional director for charity Brickhouse, mm-hmm. right? Um, what was it like working? With, like how many were you on your exec team? Uh, so I had 50 people, including all of the five branches, and I had about 12 on the Richmond team. Um, with 12, like that's it's not a big number, but it's yeah. it's like a considerable number, right? So like, well, it's how medium was, number, yeah. Medium, like how <laughs> how was that? How was working like with that size of a people? Um, it was, okay, it was good when we were brainstorming together and everyone was really excited. So we do first round and second round hiring. So the first round we had a bit of a smaller team, it was about eight of us. And yeah, everyone was really excited and we're getting into our new roles and stuff. But when school hit, uh, university applications hit, managing a team of mostly grade 12s was really difficult because there is like lack of communication and I would constantly reevaluate, like, is it? A me thing? No, no, no. I know, I know, I knew, I knew what like the purpose was, so I could stick to that. But like, is it, is it me? Like, I have to look inwards. Like, is it my leadership problem? Like, is my leadership style? Um, because it's so easy to blame your team members, but I think it's a mix of both. And I think some of them went through, like, went into the organization without really, really knowing why. And you can't force interest. You can't force passion. And that's something that. I had a hard time dealing with, right. yeah. Did you ever sort of, now looking back, now taking the time to reflect, mm-hmm. do you have any sort of insight on how you can inspire people to sort of become mm-hmm. more interested? Because, like, it is a big problem, mm-hmm. right? It's like a lot of kids sort of are going into these organizations because they have to for a school, like right? resume padding. Resume padding, it is. thing for us, yeah. Um, and you're seeing less and less kids. Well, I guess there are just, it's harder to find kids who are just genuinely interested, yeah. right? So, like... Do you have any insights just with your reflections? Yeah, I think that it depends. Some kids get passionate about it mm. after they're in the organization for a while and after they do work for a while. But what I really focused on, and I don't know if you watched this, but Simon Sinek's Start With Why TED Talk. Yeah. So I showed that and I did like this entire, we started the Charity Brickhouse Orientation event mm-hmm. this year. Basically, it was kind of a seminar where we got together and talked about like what our purpose is in life. And I know that sounds really broad, but (laughs) just like as students, I mean, like short term, long term goals, like why we're in this organization. What do we all want for this organization? And I think that kind of like reflection helps Mm -hmm. them remember why. But at the end of the day, just keep moving forwards. Mm -hmm. I guess, with the event planning and stuff. Like, do your best. um, Try your best to 
place trust in your team members. I think that's a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. trust is important. But the thing is, like, with student leaders um, and, like, student teams, right, you're hiring mm-hmm. kids who are, uh, may have similarities. Like, they may be in the same school yeah. district as you, but a lot of the times they're complete strangers. And you may have, like, friends, like, was, mutual friends. Yeah. But it's difficult to sort of... Because I will say this, like, a lot of the student, like, uh, the exec teams, they're, all, they're only for a one-year length, right, usually, yeah. right? And so it's hard to sort of hire these strangers and then mm-hmm. sort of create a bond in such a short time. It is hard. Right? It is hard. And I feel like all those team bondings sometimes can feel forced, but I do think they are important. Right. And I think that going back on your previous question, team bondings, that's what you should do to inspire the team. Oh. A sense of connection is really important. Yeah. And I don't think I did enough of that in the summer. And then by the time it was September school year, everyone was too busy. I mean, I didn't want to force them out of applying for universities. Hey, come out. Let's go for dinner for Charity Brickhouse Bonding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's, what sort of bonding activities did you do? Oh, so we did like dinner and we did dessert. Mm. And that's mostly all we did. We wanted to do laser tag, but we never got around to that. Yeah. Yeah. Food's always good, I find. People are usually yeah. happy with like one there yeah but dinner is a little bit i think too formal maybe i would have done like a barbecue in the summer potluck yeah potluck would be better yeah um i once had a organization that did a hide and seek (laughs) how Uh, was that not hide and seek sorry it it, was it a a scavenger hunt yeah it was a scavenger hunt. yeah that's a good one i think yeah my producer's nodding his head uh i i don't know i i I don't know was it good it was, it was okay <laughs> um, but yeah like i think being creative with team bonding is always good right and yeah, i think i think i didn't do enough of that on my yeah, part yeah um yeah no like because no i agree with you like sometimes it does feel forced and genuine though right because yeah. like, especially putting a label on it saying team bonding yeah. uh, rsvp please yeah uh, <laughs> and then people our age i think sometimes like kind of the outliers the ones who are in the organization but not doing too much they feel like it's awkward to go to those team bondings and it's like i'm forcing people to want to come to hang out like that feels terrible sometimes you feel like just like a like a parent right yeah i do i do and i don't like i don't like forcing that out of people Mm -hmm. yeah i haven't found a perfect solution for that (laughs) yeah i don't think anyone has to be honest like because everyone's different right like everyone has different needs yeah um i agree yeah but yeah, so moving beyond Charity Breakhouse, mm-hmm. um, you were also part of uh, starting an interact club at your yes. school, right? Yes. So what was that like? Because like starting a okay. club is not easy. It's no. like starting an organization, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I think it all ties in. Originally, why I started volunteering alongside student council was because I never felt that that there was a type of community and type of events that I want to see in the school so I went out into the community to look for that and I guess I found it and I want to bring that back into my school because my school is one that's more academics focused and while academics is important there are other important things in life as well that students at my school haven't have yet to learn so bringing the interact club there is definitely a tougher challenge because in the community you can always find people who are like passionate about things wanting to join but in my school it was definitely more difficult but somehow I still did manage to hire an executive team and I had a support of one teacher Mr. Chen he it was actually part of like Rotary or Rotaract I think he did Rotaract first and he really wanted an interact school at our I mean interact club at our school so he pushed me a little bit on that as well and our first event was an ice bucket challenge and it was tough it was tough because what we did was essentially you could 
donate money to have tickets for teachers and the teachers with the most amount of tickets would uh get ice water dumped on their heads and at first kids are like so excited like I want to see like so and so get water dumped on the head but they didn't want to donate money and in the beginning it was tough but afterwards I mean the event was successful and it was pretty good event uh heading into the school year so that was like around May heading into the school year was a different story a lot of the kids that you get in Interact Club or in any club are also the kids who are involved in like 10 other clubs. Uh, so, yeah, that was definitely a challenge as well. Um, no, but yeah, like it, it's difficult getting kids involved just in general, right? Because mm. like a lot of kids, if they're not academically focused, yeah. they're not too, you know, prioritizing going yeah. out and volunteering, right? What I did find was I got a couple of kids who weren't really involved in school or like clubs or anything that grew so much during interact club and just having two or three of those kids that's like the entire reason why i started the club and it really did make a difference yeah and i think sort of having like that one sort of benefit yeah even if you like touch on like one person help them grow as a person i think it makes it all worth it right yeah the club was meant to be for those kids who didn't really know how to get involved they could get involved in a number of ways i mean we had different committees you could get involved at different like levels of commitment you could be an executive member or a general member we also had like monthly meetings where we bring in speakers and do like team bonding games and leadership activities yeah so beyond like sort of uh that your students were the students at your school were more actively focused and mm-hmm. beyond the fact that you know um it was like completely new like were there any other struggles that you had to face when starting your own club i think getting like admin approval and then just starting from scratch was really difficult mm-hmm. oh my gosh i did so much promoting for both interact and charity Brickhouse. Mm-hmm. i think i almost like lost my voice in grade 11 i would constantly i would go we have er engaged reading i don't know if you guys have that steve's on lunch i don't think so, we do, yeah. so that's where we spend 45 minutes after lunch reading or some kids sleep and i would go around those classrooms have a piece of paper and introduce what interact club is about and that really helped word, word of mouth really helped but it was just me doing that in the beginning right yeah. and was it difficult like because like not having a reputation is always difficult yeah. especially with kids right because a lot of kids yeah. like to get involved mm-hmm. if their friends are involved yeah um so like not having just trying to start like build up that reputation was that difficult for you uh it was i would what i would leverage was oh do you have friends in steeps in london or mcmath because they have huge interact clubs there and they would go out like go out of their way and ask their friends oh what was it like and then they would bring their friends to our meetings check it out and i think we had like a solid group of general members and those are the ones with like lower commitment. Like you don't have to come to meetings. There's yeah, not a lot writing on that, but they would show up consistently. Mm -hmm. And so now that you're going to university, I have to ask like um, with all these experiences, all these sort Mm -hmm. of leadership positions that you take in, was there something or some ones that sort of inspired you to become a student leader? I think... There were a number of individuals that I encountered, like student leaders like myself. I wouldn't name a specific one, but just like small interactions with them really inspired me to continue going. But I think the biggest source of inspiration may sound cocky was for myself. I did have a lot of challenges going. I mean, everyone does. But in grade eight, I 
found it very, very difficult to integrate into high school. And at the time, I was also diagnosed with juvenile idiopathic arthritis. So it's like an immune disorder. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really tough for me. I think volunteering helped me regain a sense of purpose. And yeah. So like, would you say it's mostly like an internal drive? It was, yeah, it was an internal drive, I I think. think, Something more, more than just academics. Yeah, I don't think it's, I wouldn't say it was cocky. It's definitely, it's definitely important to believe in yourself or like to put yourself first, right? Because um, especially if you're in a new environment or like Mm -hmm. you're in an environment that's, you know, not in aligned with your own passions yeah. and interests it's always good to start with yourself first and try to yeah. push yourself to do better right yeah and something that's really important to me is just helping others i love helping others it doesn't matter if it's like a coffee chat or relationship advice or starting a new initiative like it can be anything i just i love to help others yeah, yeah. um so now yeah so again like now that you're going into university mm-hmm. taking the time to reflect back on your so your journey in high school mm-hmm. Is there anything you'd like to see more of? Like anything that you thought was lacking? Yeah, I can name a couple. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a biggest, one one of the biggest things is probably resume padding. I mean, I know everyone wants to do it, but just join things that excite you, that interest you, and look beyond grades. Because while grades might be important, it's more important to have a balance of what you're passionate about and your health Mm -hmm. i mean i can speak from experience as well as grades because i know everyone says it but grades aren't everything and i'm speaking from experience (laughs) like honestly yeah yeah i think personal development is something that's commonly overlooked i think when kids are growing up Um, because a lot of kids sort of uh, and it's sometimes it's to do with the impact on their own environment right yeah. and their own culture where they believe that you know having good grades get you a stable job yeah. and that sets you up for success in life yeah and i think that's how a lot of people define success it's by yeah. having a high paying stable job yeah right for sure just do what you love even mm-hmm. i think what we define as a metric of success are also these student leaders mm-hmm. and i think it's important for everyone to define what success means to themselves otherwise you really get caught up in it i know mm-hmm. some people get caught up in like these nonprofit organizations and while they're great for some people who genuinely enjoy them others don't like the work and right. they do it because they feel like they have to and it's kind of turning into like a grades thing for them as well yeah and sometimes because their intentions are wrong the yeah. reasons why they're wrong um, yeah uh the work that they sort of give and the work that they sort of provide becomes yeah. less genuine and less yeah you know. that is totally true um i was wondering uh because like you said like student leaders are also mm-hmm. a big part of this but um in your experience and sort of with the people that you met and sort of the journey mm-hmm. the organizations that you're part of do you think there are that there are enough sort of female leaders like yourself that are in this trying to push for you know mm. more volunteering more leadership roles that sort of thing I think it depends on where you look Mm -hmm. because at my school there are more female leaders than male leaders but I know at other schools it's the opposite yeah but I think a lot of the times with girls what they're nervous about is speaking up and advocating for themselves I mean from personal experience with the culture that I come from it's more like lay low do what you have to do 
don't step outside of the norm all those kind of good things yeah good. Well, i wouldn't say good but um, <laughs> i mean good for yeah. my parents i guess yeah just it's what they're used to yeah do you think that sort of do you think that there should be more more yeah. a bigger push for equality in that sense because from yeah so i was a student leader in sort mm-hmm. of my community as well yeah. in our community yeah um and a lot of the a lot of the times i've seen like a lot of male leaders sort of in higher positions than females mm. and there's a sort of disconnect and i think uh, talking to a few of my friends who were mm-hmm. female and sort of also sort of in the community trying to volunteer yeah. it was more difficult for them because they didn't feel very comfortable as you said like stepping out of the norm right yeah yeah so i was wondering for you like should there be a bigger push for that equality i mean i think from personal experience and i wouldn't say my generation but my time in the community i've actually seen a lot of very powerful female leaders mm-hmm. and i can name a few like joy huang and vivian tan so in that case i would say we should push more just for leadership in general right across yeah despite like yeah that's true because like it's also important to have like these inspiring kids like sort of step up as well right yeah mm-hmm. i think outside of student leadership mm-hmm. there needs to be a push for equality in terms of females who are in leadership positions in companies and organizations like that but just restricting it to richmond i think the student leaders the female ones are doing a pretty good job that's good to yeah. hear yeah. yeah um so i think uh, what we'll talk next about is sort mm-hmm. of um your journey now so you've we talked okay. a bit about your journey already yeah so what happens what's next for annie well i will be doing the dual degree program at ivy or western university and i'll be studying economics or psychology i haven't decided yet and i'll be focusing a lot i think on the student clubs and organizations there as well just continuing my passion yeah um and i think on the also on the uncooked rice show we have this thing where we ask our guests if they have any insight or any advice that sort of can help our listeners and our viewers turn themselves from you know hard raw uncooked rice to something that's a yummy bowl of goodness <laughs> oh. and so i was wondering for you Jesse. annie yeah so i was wondering for you um what advice do you have for kids who are sort of afraid to step out of their comfort zone step out of the norm to mm. go and become a student leader in the community that's a good one and it could be whether because of like parental pressures or like none of their friends are doing it that's so well i think that you should just try and do it um people spend a lot of time just thinking and planning but no action really takes place once you start with action you can go from there and you can mold whatever initiative or thing that you're trying to what you envision it to be like but you have to start with something I think that's really important. I mean, if you're nervous or scared, you have every right to be. I was, definitely. But I think the more I put myself out there, the more I could see, like, oh, I wouldn't have done this a year ago. That means I can do more from, like, where I am now. And great resources are podcasts and books and TED Talks. I mean, those inspire me all the time, and they help me reevaluate and rethink the way I see the world. Yeah. All right. That was a really beautiful response, Annie. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so if any of our viewers wanted to reach out to you, where could they find you on the on the web? Yes. So you can find me on Facebook. You can just search up my name, Annie Lai. You can find me on Instagram, AnnieLai.0987. 
And also, I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> All right. Thank you for your time, Annie. Thank you so much, Jay, for having me. It was a pleasure to be on your show. 